Dave, this is for you uh, from Ava. Bro, holy shit, what the fuck was going on in the 70s? (laughs) (laughs) Baby, I was going on in the 70s, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Good evening. Welcome to two maddening hours of horror and fright. think that that dull little mind of yours could possibly another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have conceived any of the rather dramatic experiences we've shared. Children of the night. What music they make. Fantasize. Without being killed. Hi, I'm Candy, the final girl. And I'm Shaun of the Dead. You've poisoned me. No, dear. I've killed you. (laughs) And this is the house that screams. (laughs) Tonight we are talking about the 1975 TV movie Trilogy of Terror. We have Crystal. I don't know where I'm located. Just get the police. (laughs) (laughs) We have Dave. That <laughs> was perfect. Nobody could have topped that. Like you, you won anyway. And we have Erica. I don't have a quote prepared for tonight. And that so just, is okay. Just do the fetish voice. Just do the fetish. fetish yeah, let's voice. hear it. Let's hear it. Come on. Come on. Oh no, no. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> now on the house that screams especially uh here we are in season six a lot of us are throwing in it's not me being a complete uh you know bossy bitch all the time so everybody's doing different picks and this pick was dave's pick so dave is going to start us off talking about uh trilogy of terror and anthologies in general yeah uh so I, yeah i threw this one i thought since uh, we're all throwing items onto the list, I should pick some from way back when, since I'm the oldest of the group. So yeah, I threw this one in there because it's a classic, mainly for the third 
story in the anthology, but we'll get there. Uh, and I also, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that one pick I got on the list that children shouldn't play with dead things. Nice. It's a very strange, <laughs> it's a very strange movie and yeah. I'm looking forward to doing it. But, but yeah, I picked, I wanted to pick stuff from the seventies. So yeah, this is a three part horror anthology uh, from 1975. And uh, I've got a thing for horror anthologies in general. I was watching uh, one called Dead of Night from 1945, which I don't think it's the very first ever horror anthology, but it's considered one of the best ever. And I, it, it feels like several Twilight Zone episodes strung together, which is, so we're all fans of the Twilight Zone. I think that's why the anthologies appeal to us because you get these little bite-sized chunks of horror. Uh, this one uh, stands out in a couple of ways. It's very, very 70s. We were uh, just amazed at the opening segment, just the blatant misogyny. And at least now, in today's day and age, when a guy has to be misogynistic, we have to do it on the sly a little bit, you know? Like, <laughs> where these guys are just ogling women as they go by, like, out in the open, just whoop, whoop, you know? And uh, those huge collars, all the girls are wearing, like, button-down sweaters, bell bottoms the, the men's hair they all they all look like uh dukes of hazard hair every <laughs> yeah. guy's hair is like yeah. that big you know aqua netted what did it was what was a uh, consort was the brand that men use yeah, yeah. hairspray just tons tons of hairspray just the looks are great you get that like that super duper part but then like the feathering yeah, yeah so some guys could pull that off or some guys like me i whose hair doesn't really part it just became the big Afro? Yeah, just the big like like I always say like uh, the later years of the Brady Bunch when Greg Brady had his own, when he was older and had his own room. <laughs> and we, I think he lived in the attic. He had that big that that's what my hair turned into. I get the I get the the older Greg Brady hair going. Poofy. <laughs> Look at we got turtlenecks and uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we can talk about each individual segment in a bit. But just generally, the seventies are strong with this one. Um, there's just something about oh those sweaters with that there's a with sort of that Indian print on it Native American print on that dude's sweater yeah, yeah and this the, uh, it's, it's great stuff um, and Karen <laughs> Black I I don't I, I've seen Karen Black in a lot of things um, I don't I never thought she was the greatest actress but she's certainly uh, very much uh, unique like you know it's it's her she has a certain style she was in a great horror movie from i think it was the 70s called burnt offerings with um, oh, yeah yeah mm -hmm. oliver reed yeah that's a straight that's a that's a dark yeah that's a good one too with a really dark yeah. ending excellent too the book that it's based on highly oh recommend. really yeah um trying to, oh and she was also in my maybe my favorite action movie of all time uh capricorn one about the fake mars landing oh yeah i, I recommend you seek that one out it's that's got, a great movie. it's got the it's got even to this day what's considered the greatest uh aerial stunts ever filmed it's uh, a biplane and two helicopters doing like a a battle in the air it's just amazing hey, get off subject but yeah karen black uh, is on all three segments and uh yeah so that's uh, I, I love anthologies um oh and then one more thing Richard Matheson, of course, if it seems like if you scratch on the surface of any classic horror, you find Richard Matheson, Twilight Zone, you know, mm -hmm. Night of the Living Dead, anywhere that it's classic horror. If you look deep, if you look actually not that deeply, you'll find Richard Matheson. He, he's he's there. Absolutely. The more I, I the more I learn about horror, mainly from being on this podcast, is the more I, I respect Richard Matheson, just Richard Matheson and Rod Serling. You know, yeah. put, put those two together in a room and you're going to come out with something good. So that, yeah, that's, I'll pass it along. But uh, I love it. I love anthologies. Short attention span theater. I'm in. <laughs>
Okay. Um, yeah. As far as anthologies, while we're talking about that, you know, we've done a couple of them here on the show. Um, we covered uh, the creep show film. Well, the first two, the ones that count, yeah. you know, we've done, <laughs> we've done a couple um, anthology films and like tales from the dark side is one of my favorites. And we did that one a couple Halloween's ago, but yeah, I, I love anthologies because it's sort of like, what I love about Stephen King, he writes great novels. He's very wordy, but his short stories hit like a fucking sucker punch. If Mm -hmm. you can give me a great story in a limited amount of time, like you're doing something right. If it's, if it works, it works, you know? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. It's it's almost like, it's almost like horror haiku. It's like the short stories and anthologies, taking it and boiling it down into something, compressing it into something. So you lose a lot of the, the stuff you don't need and you get just the, the you know the the nougat center goodness yeah 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 i'm a huge fan of of short story compendiums and i love anthologies and it, it's something about there's a lot of horror films that we've covered that i think would have worked out really well had they been part of an anthology like like a, a you know a cut down version of itself when we did house um and i know that we had talked about house was supposed to be part of an anthology and I thought man it would have worked so much better if it was cut down and it was a shorter like maybe 20 30 minute I felt film. like they threw together a couple short stories because there was like way too much going on right right mm-hmm. and it's just you know it's something about with with the anthologies like you know you're not just focused on one style you've got several different styles especially when you get an, an anthology that has multiple directors you know or, and or multiple writers you get you get different you know chunks of you know horror styles all thrown together you know you get all of your needs fulfilled from one you know big uh anthology and stuff and this one is different in the sense that you have the same actress in Mm -hmm. all three uh uh, short film playing different characters and And they're all written by richard matheson and they're all written Mm -hmm. by richard matheson and i know that I saw this when I was super young and I remember the third uh movie specifically which I you know I mean let's let's face it that's the one that this is you know that this uh anthology is known for but I remember it terrifying me like absolutely (laughs) mortifying me and you know it's it's obviously the sounds and the look of the of the Zuni fetish doll but the way that it was filmed too and i thought that they did a really awesome job with the cinematography in this um the camera work the angles the way that it it, they make it look like the camera's like on level with the the doll and everything but i I just yeah and i and i remember that i remember that specific one uh scaring the shit out of me when we watched this uh the other day i it was hard for me to remember the first two yeah movies because they just they just didn't stick out to me at all um but yeah this had had a fun time going back and revisiting this it it we i hadn't seen this and god it had to have been 30 years same yeah anybody else uh on anthologies or this as a whole before we start getting into segments i suppose i should say something about it (laughs) um Yeah, I saw this movie like years and years ago um, and 
it is one of those where I, I completely forgot about the first two segments, other than I knew that one of the segments had something to do with, um, you know, an evil twin or, or something like that, but nothing really stuck in my mind, except that whole like, third segment with the, the doll. But I think that that segment is the most famous for a reason. Um, however, um, rewatching this, there's definitely, yeah, definitely a lot of stuff that to really dig into, especially with the first segment. So I'm looking forward to that discussion. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think when, when I was younger, you know, just a kid uh, watching this, the first one didn't really resonate because I didn't, you know, Mm -hmm. half of the, what was going on, I didn't understand, but right. There's a lot more to it now that that resonates. Yeah. For me, we watched this over the weekend and that was the first time I had seen it like beginning to end. The only thing I'd ever seen was like snippets of the third act. So this was the first time that I actually got to see it all the way through and everything. And, yeah, that that first that first one uh, has a lot to be desired. Um, <laughs> but uh, I enjoy this. I enjoy anthology because you know David touched on this short attention span. Show me what I need. Get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Get the show on the road for real, for real. But I mean, uh, I love a slow burn. But like, I also like my anthologies. Like, I you know, it just depends on my mood. I like the I like having a smorgasbord like to choose from. Yeah, Yeah, it's almost like, you know, if you think about like theater pricing or whatever, you know, paying $13, you go to a theater and see something like this. It's almost like you got three movies in one instead of just one movie. And sometimes you don't, sometimes you don't want to sit for three hours. We were watching John Wick three last night and like, I'm like, oh my God, we got a half hour to go yet. Jesus. You know, sometimes you're just done. Sometimes you just want, yeah. There's yeah. not enough movie popcorn in the world. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and Dave, like you said too, I mean, you know, if you've grown up watching series like Twilight Zone or X-Files or Outer Limits mm-hmm. or, you know, That's whatever, and you grow up with these little, you know, bite-sized morsels, you know, these little 30-minute episodes that you're used to, you know, that. So when you get an anthology, it's like you're getting, you know, a couple of weeks worth of, you know, your favorite show right there, you know, all all in one. You have to wait till next week. Right. Yeah. I remember watching the Night Stalker with, uh, with Darren McGavin. Mm-hmm. That was so good. That's like the proto X-Files. Yeah. yeah. That, that This made me feel feel that a lot. That was such a great show. God. And that's this is the same director, right? Did he direct? A, did he create Night Stalker? He created Dark Shadows. Yeah, Dark yeah, Shadows. He did Dark right Shadows. Right? We yeah, we had it? a whole conversation about Dark Shadows. That was like my shit. Yeah, I yeah, remember. Was... I remember watching Dark Shadows. And I remember not understanding a lot of it again because I was very young. I guess if I go back and same, watch it now, but I still but there, thought it looked so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And it just as a little, I just love the fact that there was a a, a soap opera about vampires, vampires. and stuff. Right. That was so. Um, yeah. 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 That was one of my dad's favorite shows. And, and could, like, so time I, travel. I remember I watching see. a lot of it. And like you, Dave, I didn't really understand what was going on, but hey, I don't get a lot of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I'm so jealous of whenever you guys talk about your folks, like introducing you to or watching this stuff with you. My parents had absolutely no interest in Listen, horror. My mom was really, really cool, but my mom also gets on my fucking nerves because she's <laughs> mom. You know, so you know what I'm saying? Like she was really cool. So I'm very grateful for that. But my mom calls me four times a day 
and to the point where I'm just beating my head against the wall. So you win some, you lose. Yeah, right. So what I I tried to pass it on to Zoe, I tried my daughter, I tried to instill with her and her love horror for me. And I think it's stuck, right? She loves. I think you succeed. She loves. She loves horror. Yeah. My kids love horror. Yeah, right. Your father. He was just trying to toughen us up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my, my dad was not the toughest before, but yeah. they all came into it in different ways because, like, boys mature a little slower than girls. So the girls were into it a lot uh-uh. younger until Ash. Well, I'm just saying, like, mostly, <laughs> like, with Ash. I <laughs> know, okay. No, um, Ash was, you know, not, not till he was about 12 or so. He started getting into it. Um, like, he just turned 16 last week. And um, he wanted an Army of Darkness shirt. And that just thrilled me to death because his name is fucking Ash. And he finally <laughs> has an appreciation. Yeah. You know, he, he always liked Evil Dead, but now he really is there. He's really he's like, win. Mom, when are we going to go meet Bruce Campbell? I really got to go. And I'm like, oh, I'm so <laughs> proud. I waited for this day. <laughs> so proud. Nice, nice. My son. <laughs> My son named Ash. But. Like Lion King holding him up. <laughs> we do that to cats all the time, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, they don't, they don't appreciate I it as do, much. As you've seen, <laughs> they're not crazy about it. So I would very much like to start talking about. Seg- I have a lot to say about segment one. Which, <laughs> yes. Uh, so the segments are named after the characters that you know. Karen Black plays the main character or characters in each of the three segments. The first one is called Julie. Now this is one, you know, when I remembered back to my mom showing me this as a kid, I only remembered the Amelia segment, which is segment three with the, the Zuni fetish doll. I did not remember anything about Julie and watching it now. And I mean, I, I need Erica to back me up on this, but I'll just start into it. Like, um, you know, we have this sort of uh, she's this uptight teacher type, you know, and then she walks by and that fucking Chad, his, his name is Chad of all things. Which is, yes. which yeah. couldn't be more perfect. Right. Chad's like, I wonder what she looks like underneath all those clothes, you know, and you're just like, oh, this is fucking gross. And it just starts unfolding. He drugs her and does all this shit. But back me up on this, Erica. Do you not see like a proto love witch? vibe in oh it. yeah i can yeah i can totally totally get that from that yeah. that's uh the story and i i hadn't read um the original richard matheson stories but apparently the one that this was based on she's overtly supernatural like she's more like a witch or a succubus that makes it, sense she was described yeah. like in this in the adaptation like it's like well it's like does she have some kind of power of telepathy or just really good at reading people and manipulating them but uh like in this version she just seems more like a serial killer for the most part but um yeah i can uh i could totally like get the love witch thing yes it felt very much like a blueprint for the love witch you know yeah. and obviously the love witch goes further with it but i just see and that made me like appreciate it a lot more you know, and I love when somebody gets their comeuppance. I mean, we when we watch horror, that's something we fucking love, right? And seeing Chad get his comeuppance, you know, that opening quote that Sean and I did, you poisoned me. Now, this is after he's fucking drugged her, taking pictures of her, and clearly insinuated that he raped her. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, 
so that whole you poisoned me after he's bossed around all this stuff. No, dear, I've killed you. It's like good for you. Yeah, that's right. Chad, misogynistic ass. But I, th- I think that I think horror does that better than other genres is to make you sympathize with the monster. You know, Frankenstein's mm-hmm. Frankenstein's the original. It's Frankenstein did that better than anything. You know, you you sympathize with him. He didn't ask to be created. Uh, and he just, you know, he just uh, wants to be loved. And when it's not, he's like, All right, if I'm not going, if I'm not going to be loved, I'm going to be feared. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and this guy, and, and this guy had to come in from minute one. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the drugs yeah. they're yeah. raping the just for his, just for his, just for his shirts alone, he deserved to die. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking hair. Yeah, that hair. Right. Uh, right. The one yeah. thing. Speaking of hair, the one thing that bothered me, and I'm continued to comment on it the entire time we were watching this segment was Karen Black's hair, whether it's a wig or whatever. Bitch, you are brushing just one side section. You are so matted in the back. Honey, take the brush <laughs> to the back. It looks like some people at Walmart hair, for real. <laughs> it was disgusting. I was like, come on, you know you got to brush your hair better than that. And then she's like slapping her head with the hairbrush. Like, mm, that's not how we make blood flow get to the scalp. But, you know, good luck giving yourself a headache. But she missed the whole back, which... Unfortunately, her hair reminded me of a person I went to nursing school with who would tease up kind of the back of her crown and had really, really long hair, like down her waist. She would tease it up in the back, but it looked matted all in the back, just like Karen Black's. And I was like, um, <laughs> you a little cuckoo. Um, I had to touch my hair to make sure it was okay after hearing right. I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> Is it all right? No. Some conditioner, a good hairbrush. A little cream rinse, yeah. Yeah, a little something. <laughs> that fucked me the whole the whole time. Aw. Is Kitty Bass? Yes. And I noticed uh, watching it right now that she's uh, she's about to tell him that she's killed him. Her hair is down. It's the one time her hair is down, which literally and figuratively, she's letting her hair down, you know. Yeah. And also letting- another time when her hair was down was when he was taking the, the pictures. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and the, you, you want to see him get. I would have preferred if his death had lasted longer. Oh, yeah. 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 He, he got he got off too easy. Ah, but I'm yeah, her hair was so so bad in that scene where he's driving her home because he did her hair up to cover the fact oh, that he. Yeah. Oh, I, never, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. awful, I yeah. did notice it. Yes, <laughs> the women, the women's noticed. Yeah, yeah, like don't touch my fucking hair, man. Don't don't touch right. it. <laughs> well, and 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 too, like you know, when she flips the script on him and and you know he dies, and then it shows her with that that book. And she's putting the newspaper clipping in there, and you can oh, see like all the Annie inter- Wilkes. Come very, on, very, very right. Annie Wilkes. Yeah. But you don't necessarily you don't necessarily hate her. You get the impression that she's she preys on guys like this. Right. Yeah. Right. In the world of you know, yeah. we don't need. Yeah. Although the 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 guy that shows up at the end, you know, we only get to see him for a brief moment, but he doesn't seem. You know, like yeah, he's just looking for help with his homework, man. <laughs> he seemed like a nice guy, but you know, you help with your homework. You about to die. But she clearly <laughs> has a power over these men, so who knows? Yeah, and I and right. maybe that's maybe that's the whole point. Like like nice guy shows up, and then all of a sudden you're kind of left with like, well, wait a minute. 
Yeah, that that'd is be she, another episode. Is yeah, she just a psychotic killer, or does she really just target these, you know, misogynistic well, men? Where I got the love witch kind of vibe is like she knew exactly what that guy quietly said to another guy. So did she put that thought in his head? Like, yeah. What did he look like underneath mm-hmm. all those clothes? Right. She knew exactly mm-hmm. what he fucking said, and she was nowhere near. Yeah. And what was the class? What class did she teach? Wasn't it same? English? Oh, was English. Literature. literature, actually, yeah. Yeah, she talks about Fitzgerald being at the bottom of the pyramid. And I was like, mm. well, yeah, that's because Fitzgerald's the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Nice. Nice. <laughs> well played. <laughs> yeah, I do love Karen Black. She was in a lot of stuff back then. Well, you know, what's Ryder. interesting is that, you know, she was upset and worried, but rightfully so, that this would typecast her. Uh-huh. And it did. What does it like? She was such a horror queen, like, she was fucking good at what she did. Mm -hmm. Why was she in all three? Was that intentional, or like, I it's interesting that that she, like, did they were they saying, let's write a three part anthology and have the same actress play, or did it just work? I'm not sure how that happened. It must have been information, but I'm assuming that it was intended to showcase her, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, she's like I said. I don't. I don't. I don't think she's the greatest actress I've ever seen, but she brings a certain style to it. She played four distinctly different characters throughout yeah. the entire yeah. trilogy. You know, they could have did that, it for budgetary reasons. Thing. They could have done it just to be cohesive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot like stylistically it could have worked. I mean, I think that we don't really. I couldn't find that information, but. I still think it really works in its favor because I, I felt like it really showcased her acting. She's not the greatest actress, like you said, but she she's pretty damn good. Yeah, for sure. Pulled off four characters. And she's got the scrapbook. Yeah, I was like, why would why do people keep a murder scrapbook? Annie Wilkes, you know, definitely on my mind. I mean, the so somebody can find it. Kind of glorification. They get out. They Trof- get out trophies. Yeah, trophies. Yeah, but serial killers keep the trophies. Yeah, I guess. So, anything more about Julie? Yeah, that's uh, here. I, I have like so many mixed feelings about that whole segment. Like, you, it, you can interpret it as being a feminist revenge story. Or it can also be interpreted as being misogynist because it's like, oh, this, you know, this protagonist is such a, a douchebag, but then, you know, like the woman's actually the predator this whole time, like, and he's right. the victim. So it's like, right. I don't yeah, know. No matter, I have, yeah, women are, well, no matter how bad men are, women are evil, man. You know, yeah, yeah, like, it, it reminds me of the Love Witch, but I think the Love Witch is much clearer about that kind of. Yeah, like, like thematic, you know, yeah. topic. Like she is both, she's a predator, but she is also prey. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're pretty clear about when she is and when she isn't. Like yeah. this, it, you don't really know, but you know, this would be something that you know uh, you would get explored more in a feature length film. But th- I can't see this being fleshed out to a feature length film because then yeah. I just have a love witch, and it was just so good that. Nothing could ever be that good. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, it touches on themes of, you know, empowerment and things like that. And, you know, I could see this being like a feature length or, you know, possibly you could make a series out of it. 
but it would be very similar to like a Dexter. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, whereas instead of, you know, serial killer killing other serial killers, you know, it's, it's, you know, she's hunting down these, you know, rapey misogynistic creeps, you know, and ridding the world and, and, you know, helping other women, you know, become empowered through her actions. And, you know, next thing you know, she's created an army of, you know, serial assassin women who, you know, <laughs> prey on these creepy dudes. Or she's the predator and she just, this is what she does for fun. Cause she's like, well, guess what? I'm bored now. So when I get bored, you die. And then I got to <laughs> find somebody else to entertain me until I get bored, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> either way. Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick. Uh, Nico just popped in. You want me to let him in? Hey, Hey, what's going on? LFA. Hey, the boss. What's up, buddy? What's going on? Not much. We were just talking about the first segment of, uh, with Julie, I'm gonna be 100 honest with you. I don't think I've seen this since I was like dick high, and I think the <laughs> only thing I remember is the uh, the Zuni African doll. Yeah, and I didn't even have time to like watch when you sent the link yesterday that we were able to watch it somewhere. I, I do apologize. I, I've been right. caught up in between working and getting the shit ready to make um, something that we could actually talk about on the show one time with the actual person that created the whole thing. So, but I love y'all. Yeah, so I, I need, want, I need, I want, I need, I need an update on what's going on with that. Not, not on camera, obviously, but once we're all off the air, I, need, I, I mean, I 100% will talk about it whenever. I don't care. We can even be on the show and I can talk about it because, you know, we have, we have no secrets when it comes to this. So, right. We, we do have a little bit of an issue, though, with, with a certain person who we, mm. we thought could have been, you know, really, really good for the, sh- you know, for the, for the cast. But we're running into the uh, unfortunate stalker Channing Rizzo from Greece situation with yeah. this right now. So yeah, I don't get totally reference. comfortable. Yeah, I I haven't even had the chance to have the conversation with this person yet on how we're going to handle this. But I've been trying to mm. like nicely do this, you know, um, or figure out a way to properly do this. But I, I don't I don't think there's any other way than to be completely blunt with it because the other co-producer agreed was like you know there's there's no way in hell that this is going to work so (laughs) you know i mean literally i've i don't mean to like cut in on the conversation for the you know for the for this but i mean everybody should know i you know you guys know i wrote wrote a script um you know hope trying to get the you know funding to direct this thing candy was actually kind enough to jump on as one of the co-producers for this so there's three of us it's me amy and candy that'll be producing the film and we've been really hard at work with trying to get our ducks in a row with this and we do have to have some mm-hmm. casting done for this so we this way we can kind of present you know when we either do our indiegogo or talk to an investor whatever the case may be and um luckily we were able to find our our two leads with for for the characters of vivian and raz for those of you guys over the script you guys know who they are it's, this isn't brand new to you know to the to the panel but um we just were having a little bit of an issue with a couple of other characters that we've been running into so um that's actually why i i'm not so much like leaving the show i mean because we talked about it off you know during the chat i'm uh <laughs> gonna be um not on as much i won't have much of a presence because like i have to like really kind of you know hustle and bust ass to get everything done so Mm. and then luckily like like candy's been like really cool about a lot of stuff and like been you know 
very supportive with a lot of like, hey, you know, like this is what we want to try this. And she's like, yeah, dude, like that works or, you know, maybe not so much like that's That's like the beauty of having her as a, as a you know, kind of a kind of a, a voice on the film where, you know, she's completely blunt and honest with stuff, which I need. So, you know, I have my, my, my sister there and then I have my sister here that's helping with the producing with Amy, who is just as blunt and, and equally <laughs> as upfront with stuff. So it's like, you know, it's like the best of both worlds when it comes to this. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just it's just become it's I'm not even like stressed out. I'm like having a lot of fun doing this. And I think the last time when we when I was trying to do this, you know, it was kind of just Amy and I on our own. Um, I, I wasn't enjoying it as much. I, I feel like, mm-hmm. like now, like I'm actually like full on in mode, and like now, you know, like, and it's a lot due to Candy because you know she kind of gave me the kick in the ass that I needed. Um, you know, and and Sean too. I'm not gonna not not give Sean credit because he's been very you know helpful a lot of stuff and. There's another project that we really cannot talk about <laughs> on the air because yeah, there's a lot of that right now. There's a lot of like legalities with that, <laughs> not in a bad way, but um, that we've kind of been touching base on it. And if um, it all it all kind of goes back to this, if we can get this one done. So once we get this one done, um, Candy, Sean, and I actually have something like pretty killer that we've been kind of working on pun fully intended yes um that it's something that'll be a lot of and it's gonna be a lot of fun too if if um if if we I'm can get excited that, about it i'm excited for that one too because i know like we've been we were talking about like what could we possibly do because that's another thing too is like i you know i have to credit you for again you don't you're not you're not like wrestling your laurels you're like well what do you have next what do you have that's ready to go next so you know, for that, yeah, I, as I, th- a writer, I thank you. you always got to be working. You got to keep going. Right. And like, I have too many ideas. So like, I've been kind of like, just kind of like fixing with like other stuff to kind of put together. But like the one that we're working on is the one I feel like that one, that one should probably take up a lot of our energies because that's, um, that's going to be a biggie if we can get that one done. We've got some new great ideas. So we gotta, we gotta do a call about that. Maybe, maybe after this, we can, if we, if we stick around, I don't, I'm cool with that perhaps not tonight but like maybe this weekend because we have some really great ideas okay really mm-hmm. it'll be a long talk but uh not to get everybody back to the regular scheduled programming about trilogy of terror and the great Karen <laughs> black wasn't there a remake of this or something or like something like off like one-off sequel and it was oh, not nearly as good. It was in the it no. was in the nineties, right, or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they even brought back the Zuni doll. I think mm-hmm. from the original, they, they took yeah, mold the of the original. Why do I feel like was it Lisette Anthony? Was that who it was? Or am I incorrect on that? On who like replaced? I don't her? know that I've even ever seen it. I don't, it's not supposed to be very good. Uh, I, I, I feel like it, it was on USA. It. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna look that up while you guys are continuing to discuss this this film because we had just finished talking about segment one with Julie. And we're going to move on to segment two, which is called Millicent and Therese. Um, you guys want me to go in hard on that or? Okay. Yeah, do uh, it. Do Millicent it. and Therese is like, okay, with every anthology, there's always that one that's kind of a clunky one. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this one is the weakest of the three. It The twist is not even really a twist. It's so obvious from the very beginning that there is a dual personality. 
It's so clear. Um, you know, and it, I didn't even remember the segment, but immediately I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I know what's going on here. And it, yeah. it, it really never it seems to, like, take flight at any point. It seems kind of stuck on the ground. And it, it really just goes over like a Led Zeppelin. It just doesn't work for <laughs> me. Yeah. Um, the acting in it, even, like, I don't know. I just wasn't, I wasn't sold at all. I was bored with it. It's a saggy middle for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was back when doctors made fucking house calls. I was like, you know? where the fuck is that right now? Because <laughs> goddamn, I need like a fleet yeah. of them. And uh, there are doctors in my hometown that still do that. Oh, get out of here! Oh wow, <laughs> I wish I was kidding. But we're, yeah. we're getting to the point where ambulances don't make house calls, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get your own uh, ass to the hospital. And and Karen Black was, you know, the um, was it Millicent? Millicent the, and Therese, yes. yeah, but she looked, was like, "Doctor, it's Millie." Looked looked just like Ruth Bader Ginsburg in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we miss Ruth. When yeah. I saw her first in that black dress, I was like, "Judge Judy, is that you?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was very predictable, and it, like Candy said, I don't remember this segment either from when I saw it as a kid, and. uh Right as we started to get into it, I I knew exactly what was what was happening. Uh huh. Yeah, very predictable. Because you could tell by the way the doctor even talked. I mean, it was like really like within the first couple of minutes, like the way she talked to the doctor and the doctor's look on his face. I'm like, okay, yeah, we all know what's going to happen. Can we hurry up? Like for a, such a short segment, I mean, the runtime's like uh, 112 minutes. But for such a short segment, you're, it goes on way too fucking long. I, I think they did right, though, putting this one in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the oh, first yeah. one got her attention. This one was kind of filler. Give you a chance to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. When you figure it out. You're like, okay, I can go pee and heat up, back. Heat up the pizza rolls. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to read. I'd like to read that the that Richard Matheson's work that this was based off of. Just like, like what Erica said with the first one. Is there more to it that that maybe just didn't make it into the, into the episode. Um, right. You know, because it, it touches on, you know, demonology and voodoo and all that stuff. But the, the most hilarious part to me was when she grabbed the book off the shelf and you could tell that it looked like they whited out what the book really was. And they wrote yes. in like Satanism <laughs> and voodoo rights or it something like so that. Stupid. Yeah. They misspelled voodoo. Yeah, yeah they did. <laughs> they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> they were as good disguising that book as they were of giving her a blonde wig. <laughs> yeah. That blonde wig looked like something from party city. It looked like the wig Julia Roberts wore at the beginning of pretty woman. That was a better <laughs> wig though. Julia Roberts had a better wig. But I wonder, but but once you know the once you know the the payoff on this one, I wonder if that wasn't the point, because it is a wig, and so they're making it like you know it's a wig. Yeah. But I think like it, you know, in the momentum of the story, like maybe try a little harder if you want people to go, oh, at the end, oh no, right, personality, which we all know is split personality. Oh, the one thing about this segment that I like, it does give Karen Black. Uh, a chance to really like when she's playing uh, the uh, this which one is this one? This I, wh- is which Therese. Therese when she's Therese, playing Therese, yeah. she really gets to vamp it up and really mm-hmm. like bring her well, her Tim Curry. Woman. Yeah, she's, she's a thought as Therese. Yeah, she gets. To, 
Because in the first two episodes, the teacher and then as the, the shy sister, and this is basically the same character, kind of repressed and mousy. And this one, she gets to really broaden her her, her range in, the, in front of the camera. Yeah. I've seen but her in a lot of other roles where she's, you know, the vampy or you know, sexy one. Um, I have a thing about Karen Black, which I don't know if it's okay if I talk about it. We're all friends. Um, has has anything ever been taboo on this show? Well, because I feel like <laughs> people are going to hunt me down and kill me if they hear me say this. Say um, it. Fuck them. Okay, Karen like Black it. has that fucking eye, and it drives me nuts. That one eye that's off. She's caught. Yes. Wait, I, is she cockeyed? Like, no, like... You heard me say she's beautiful, but she's cockeyed. Yeah, it is. That's what I was going to ask. Like, is. is she cockeyed, or does she have like that weird, like wonky eye, like Danielle Harris does, and like in the pictures where like the one <laughs> looks like it's almost swollen shut, and the other one's like, right. oh no, 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 like, no, this eye. is cockeyed. She's cockeyed. Yeah. And so every time I look at Karen Black, I just stare at her eyes and I'm mesmerized. Now she's beautiful, yeah. and I think she was very, very talented. But that fucking eye, man, I can't hear fucking eye. Well, hey, so don't. Don't feel bad. It gets brought up in shitty reviews later. So, oh, okay. Somebody else has <laughs> talked about great. the cost. Someone, ah, okay. someone awesome. else has noticed. I, I, I was like, listeners are going to crucify me, but her, her, she's cockeyed. I can't handle it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, Thank well, you. and and you know what, and that, and not to, and I, I'm not going to name names, um, but there are some other actors and actresses out there that have particular features. That like when they're on screen, it's that's, that's the focus. Like that's all I see. You know what I'm saying? Bud Nelson's now, nostrils. Well, Owen wow, Owen Wilson. Very specific. Owen Tom Wilson's Cruise's nose. Teeth. And I w- probably one of my favorite actors, Joaquin Phoenix. But his the scar yeah, on his lift, the scar on his lip, like he, he, phenomenal actor. But like for some reason, like I'm my eyes are drawn to that. You know what I'm saying, and so I mean it's. Yeah. I mean it's. She's she's a great actress. Harrison Ford's scar. On yeah, his, the scar on his chin. Yeah. Yeah, Karen Black is cockeyed. Thank you guys for letting me have the freedom to finally say that. Oh yeah, <laughs> no problem. No shame, no shame. No, nobody's gonna judge you on that one. Yeah. I felt so bad because she's so revered, and I'm like, I'm not trying to take that away from her, but I just can't get past her eyes sometimes. No. <laughs> During this whole thing with the Millicent and Therese. I just was like, she's cockeyed. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> I can't help myself from not staring into Dave's eyes when we do this. So uh, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Sometimes I stand in the mirror and just <laughs> just get lost. Just get lost. <laughs> I get lost in my own eyes. Starting to turn, turn into a Debbie Gibson song. Can turn on uh, Peter Gabriel? I get lost in <laughs> <laughs> do, you me, do you want me to hold the uh, Do you want me to hold the boombox up and play "In Your Eyes" by Peter Gabriel right now? Yeah, <laughs> in, a, in, a, oh, in a trench coat. Yeah, I was about to say you better have outside of my window. Her. Outside of the window. That was the, only that was the, the first parent. That was the first CD I ever bought. Aww. Peter Gabriel. Uh, yeah, that that album uh, "So" by Peter Gabriel. Nice. I remember, my mom had that on tape. Yeah. CD first CD bought. I bought was Shot of the Devil by Motley Crue. No, oh, good choice. Good yeah. choice. Yeah. I think my, my I first think CD so. I remember I think was Ice Cube Lethal Injection. Oh, yeah. nice. Very nice. I'm a nerd. My first CD was a collection of Beethoven and Mozart. <laughs> hey, that's cool. Timeless. It's weird. It's weird because I remember I have three distinct. So my first CD that I ever got was the Ice Cube Lethal Injection. The first CD I bought with my own money was uh, 
Biggie ready to die. And when I got my car, the first CD I bought, and ironic, I don't know why I didn't have it on CD, was Purple Rain. Nice. Like, those are like my, my three memories of like I had Purple first. Rain on cassette for like a million years. And so mm-hmm. I got like the, I had the original vinyl. Out. Remember mm-hmm. that? Remember when they came in those big clunky boxes? Mm-hmm. I had yeah. that. So funnily oh, enough, yeah, the- I, I don't remember the first CD I bought, but my, my grandpa used to work at a junkyard and he would find all these tapes and CDs in these cars and he would just bring them home. Had no idea what they were. And I remember one of the first CDs I ever got was uh two life crew nasty as they want to be. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, yeah. and I, I was like 12 and my grandpa brought it home and gave it to me. And I remember I, I was listening to it and I had to turn the volume was like it like 0.5. And I, had to, <laughs> I had to play it with my ear up against the speaker because I knew if my grandma heard it, she'd, fucking beat my ass well, it's, it's, it's like we used to like sneak like like the comedy tapes back in the day <laughs> right yeah the, the same yeah. thing like oh yeah eddie God. murphy raw yeah God, or, see, it was weird like i was able to watch that as a kid like delirious with no problem but like other stuff my mom was always like no you can't watch that so mom right. gave no fuck she you, showed you, me you richard watch Pryor. It. she's richard, like richard, 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 like i've seen richard like, Pryor, and i've seen eddie why do you guys say motherfucker so much it's because of richard Pryor. richard Pryor and steve martin his first comedy album we used to do we would listen to those had them on lp and just pr so richard Pryor. <laughs> richard Pryor was a genius he was mm-hmm. i yeah. remember the another comment which is but that's totally exactly the origin story of my motherfuckers the um <laughs> the, one, one of the cool things was my, my mom had like kind of introduced us like to eddie murphy like stuff like that because you know when, when we were growing up like it was you know as we see him like on snl and in the movies and shit so we got to see delirious as kids and it was like one of the few like we couldn't watch raw which was weird but we could watch mm-hmm. delirious which i know <laughs> but then we would still watch raw anyway but honestly i just bought both of those mm-hmm. I, I think i think because of that growing up that I, I think delirious is the better of the two delirious is better yeah yeah um but but it was cool because full full circle and this was like this is such a weird and sean's probably remember this too when i say it um i actually introduced my mom to the jerky boys oh so yeah yeah, my 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 cousin had the tape and he was like did you ever hear the jerk i'm like what the fuck is this so he played it and i was like (laughs) i'm like wait these guys are doing like real crank calls but they made up characters like that's fucking great yeah (laughs) <laughs> I, like, I, I couldn't even hide from her. I'm like, mom, like, you got to hear this. And she was fucking hysterical laughing with that, too. Dude, we we used to listen to the Jerky Boys all the time. And then we started to emulate them. And mm-hmm. so we would crank call like QVC. And like, <laughs> I mean, God, it was it got to a point to where like I would be at my house. My friend would be at his house and we would both like third party call QVC. And then we would click back over and then mute our phones and the QVC people would talk to each other because they didn't understand how their lines got crossed. And we were, we did that for hours. Well, because, I, because I always had such like a deep, like, like bass filled, like voice. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was always able to, to do the uh, Jack Torse voice <laughs> with, with no problem. Cause I mean, it's not, it's just a little bit of a high pitch to this, but like, really it, it sounds just like him. Um, yeah. What was the other one that I was able to do back in the day? Um, I don't know because like Frank Rizzo was always a hard one to do. I feel like yeah, because that that's such a Queens accent when he when because they're different Queens. And, yeah, yeah. Um, what was the other what was, what was the other characters he used to do? Uh, was it Saul Rosenberg? Was the other one which he turned into more yeah. Goldman on the Family Guy? Right, right. Um, although kind of sucks because those guys had like a big like falling out too. Like still, like they they are not 
like at yeah, all not cool. to the to this day with each other. I did not know I that. Haven't, oh, I haven't listened time. to they them had in a so huge long. falling out. I go back and listen to them like pretty consistently because I always need something to kind of like as a as a pick me up. Mm-hmm. And really, after that fourth album, is like everything kind of went down. You could tell like they were like butting heads at that point, and like they weren't on the same page with a lot of shit. Yeah, but I, I digress. <laughs> I, I gotta know what Erica's was. Oh, my first album? I have uh-huh. no idea. No idea anymore. That's fair. <laughs> first tape I ever got, though, was for my like seventh birthday. It was Hanging Tough by New Kids on the Block. That's uh, mine nice. mine was uh my, my first cassette tape, believe it or not, was DJ Jazzy Jeff on the Fresh Prince. He's the DJ, I'm the rapper. Yeah. That's a yeah. throwback. Well, because at the time it was that's when parents just and and uh Nightmare on My Street had been such a big like during recess, we would sing that song. That whole well, fucking you know what? I don't give a fuck. Like even though he gets a bad rap now, that album is a fucking banger from beginning to end. Yeah. Yes, it is. Still to this day, that, I mean, that, that's like, like that's fucking real fucking grade school, though. Jesus, yeah. I remember I was probably eleven or twelve, and my mom bought me uh, <clears throat> "Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him." You who had that album, and this will tell you everything, Daniel, my brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what Wait, does that real, say about real, you? Real, real, real. I had the album too. But I was very into hip hop and just like Sean. I mean, yeah. Sean, you were into hip hop too as a kid, right? Like, oh, you yeah. Never... But I, I still want to know. I don't know. I for... thought it was a funny joke towards him. I would not make that joke towards you, though. This, um, <laughs> I don't know if this is like a question for when we, if we ever do Purple Ring to kind of hold off on about that album. But how the hell did he get the clearance to use the sample for When Doves Cry for, for Prey on that fucking album? <laughs> right. Because you, you know, you know, Prince him. was very like, you know. Yeah, Prince didn't let his shit go for nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have a theory on that, but yeah, I would save that for Purple Rain. Is that wait? Is it is it the Michael Jackson theory? No, it's a different. Okay, because that that that's a whole ass theory onto itself. Because Hammer had beef with. It's my own personal theory. Okay. So. Basically, are we saying we're gonna do a horror business about Purple Rain finally? Yeah. Okay. Uh, how happy Nico is! I, I really how am. Happy I am. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm. I drive everybody in the house crazy with. That's not like me, Tonka. You're <laughs> <laughs> by yourself in the world. There's no blink. Okay, so I, I guess we're talking the about any uh, fetish dolls. Segment I'm, three, baby. I'm ready. Yeah, just started. Yeah, this is like the only one I remember that was actually like good. This is the only one anyone <laughs> ever remembers. Yeah. 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 Um, so this is Amelia. Um, it's obviously yeah, the most famous. Um, I, I feel like, you know, I'm not as crazy about this segment as most people are. It, it was the one I remembered because as a kid, it fucking flipped me out. But like, really, the doll stuff kind of makes me laugh. But what is great is the fucking ending her. And it was her uh, idea to do it with the teeth. And the, she's got the fucking knife. Like, that is a great fucking ending. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that teeth, that was her idea. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was her idea. Yeah. Uh, the thing about the, the ending that is great is that they set up early on that her mother is an overbearing, sort of emotionally controlling. Narcissist. And that was also Karen Black's idea. Yeah. Yes. Right. So you so at the end, you, it's almost another 
uh, another uh, instance of someone getting their comeuppance. Of course, yeah. you know, it's pretty horrible. But yeah, I, I think that that helps that helps uh, sell the ending. The fact that we don't like her mother to begin with. And so she's going to walk in and <laughs> get, just, get the knife. performance of her knelt down on now, the what floor. I, what I would have paid knife, you know, to see great. if they had extended the scene out and the mother shows up and then Karen Black is chasing her through the apartment, making that <laughs> noise. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, not gonna lie, I literally just watched like like the clip on YouTube now, just to kind of get like a quick refresh re refresher mm. for that scene. And all I could think of was um the scene from the story in Tales from the Hood. Yeah, yeah with, with Corbin uh, Burson, where it's very similar, where it's like basically like 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 a one person show with these animatronic or well, mm -hmm. I think I think we're giving the trilogy of terror a little too much credit when we say animatronic, but you know, yeah, it was a, just a, a and stop motion, and yeah. yeah, someone's literally just shaking this fucking doll and making like weird noises and shit. And then I even got like a little, little weird flashback of the end of Thriller, like when she smiles and has like the fangs, but yes. like when mm -hmm. Michael fucking opens his eyes and has like the werewolf eyes. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if John Landis and Michael Jackson ripped off this, I wouldn't be surprised because, I mean, they ripped off a ton of other shit for, for Thriller, which, right. which is fine, which is fine because, I mean, you know, it, it worked for the There's video. There's only so to make many it, stories you know, under the sun. Yeah. You're going to steal I, from I, the best. You know, exactly. And then, again, to not, not to... form of flattery. Right. And not, <laughs> not to not to kind of backpedal to what we were just literally talking about with um, the other better artist, but, I mean, this is why he was always better than Michael Jackson anyway. Original. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen. Not nothing against MJ. I mean, I, I, I do like. I mean, you know. But we, I've always said he, he was the showman. Prince was the artist, and you know the the fact. Well, you that, know, that we agree about that because we, we do, about that. we do. But I mean, but the, even the fact that like they ripped off the ending of this for the ending of Thriller, I guess that gives this more <laughs> credibility as as far as it being a, a cult classic. But really, it's just this last story that really makes this whole thing memorable. that's all anybody yeah. ever remembers or well, talks yeah. I mean, about look at look at the cover of the vhs tape it's the and i did look it up so the sequel it was lisette anthony um who's british actress and a ton of stuff from like the 90s that that i we can't even begin to get into half the stuff she was in but um yeah they even did a a, a re like like a sequel to the to the zuni doll with her yeah. for this because that that was the most famous you know story from this one yeah, this yeah. worked so well. This worked so well because of out of all of the three, you know, pieces that we have here, this was the only screenplay written by Richard Matheson, and it's based on his work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this is the one he really wanted to make sure it came across the way he intended it. And he was most mm -hmm. pleased with this and yeah. with uh, Karen Black's ideas to to add to the story. Yeah, like I said at the beginning, like this is the one that fucking terrified me when I was a kid. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's a combination of how the doll looks, the fact that the doll came back to life. I mean, you know, you got to understand, I was probably nine when I first saw this. I had dolls, you know, and mm -hmm. if and if my fucking glow worm, if my glow worm would have came to life and did some shit like this, I would have fucking lost it. <laughs> I collected porcelain dolls, so my room was full of porcelain dolls, and there's some scary shit anyway. Right. Oh, yeah. Time, time out! Time out! You had a you had a glow worm. I had a glow worm. Who didn't? I, had I didn't. I, did, I didn't have my my sister had a glow worm. I, I had a glow worm. worm. I had a Teddy Rux. Rup, how are you say it? Teddy Ruxpin. Like my sister had a Teddy, Teddy yeah. Ruxpin. That was some yeah. great comedy right there. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only like plushy toy that I had was my pet monster. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love my. I, and I had, I had, over here, the man's man. Yeah, I had a wrestling buddy. Well, I had the wrestling oh. buddies too. I don't, I don't count those as, as, those. as dolls. But yeah, yeah. All right. I had a Flip Wilson doll. Right, oh, yes. and it was the one where one side was Geraldine and the other side was uh, Flip Wilson, and it said if you turn the one side up and pull the string, it was Geraldine saying something. <laughs> and that, 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 that's that's how old I am. I still have no. plushies. I sleep with plushies. Mm-hmm. Although, although to to be fair, I I do I don't have it here because I'm still getting the rest of my stuff from from the old house. But um, I I do have the, the little Grogu from from the Mandalorian. So yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I, 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 I plush and he played with sticks and dirt. Well, <laughs> and I have action like, figures. I have like a those. whole set of probably like thirty little Hello Kitty tie beanie baby thingies. And they're all different outfits. And yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but uh, real uh-huh. quick, before we, before we move on, oh. I, I just wanted to point out, I told this guy that I work with um, that we were doing this, and he is horrified of this film, and he will not watch it again. I think um, he should. Because, mm-hmm. of, because of this story, um, he said that the thing that horrified him was the scene with, where the Zuni doll comes out of the bathtub with the knife between his teeth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so he was, he was like, never again. He, he refuses to watch any child's play films. Um, you stupid <laughs> bitch. You filthy he, slut. I'll teach you to fuck with me. Sorry. I, he, he, would, he will not watch the, that new, uh, trash. I mean, movie that came out, Megan. Megan. Um, yeah. <laughs> you <say> trash. Yeah. <laughs> it was trash. Yeah, um, yeah but he just, he refuses to watch any film that involves a doll because it, this, Segment ruined that for him. Triggers him. Oh, it traumatized. the shit out of my mom. Can I? Can no. I just say if, if if the day comes that you decide to want to discuss that movie, I'm. Oh God, help help whoever liked that movie. <laughs> I was uh, like, oh my God. Oh, Nico, that time has come and passed. We saw it because we had free tickets. We're uh, never discussing that movie. I, 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 I waited. I waited till movie. Peacock. I waited till Peacock, and I'm glad I. I mean, I saw to pay for Peacock, so I guess I had to pay five bucks to see it, but. <laughs> I don't know what was worse, that or Scream VI, uh, Scream VI, uh, which Scream I 6. spent no money on, yeah. which we are also not Holy covering. So fuck. no. Um, spoiler on both: I would rather fucking masturbate with the cheese grater than watch either one of those because <laughs> while that's slightly fun in in concept, um, it's equally as painful to go through. <laughs> somehow, just so I know, we're talking about this movie, dude. Scream Six is somehow worse than Scream Five. Oh, it's okay. I, I think it possibly so I'm the taking worst it that what I wanted to happen in Scream Six didn't happen. Oh no! Nope. They but they but they make you think that it's going to happen with. One I knew more. they were trying to fucking jerk me off, you yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, they and they absolutely mentioned something with it. Yeah, maybe may, may they're setting it up to have happen in seven, but no, you, saw, you, saw, you saw you saw six. I did. Yeah. Right. What, what what did you think of it, honestly? Um, I liked it well enough until the third act, and then I suddenly hated it. Here's the thing, real quick, and I know we're talking about trilogy, but you know, it, it is a current film that that did well and it made a lot of money. And some people, of course, and sorry, it's to like say, Megan, you're, you're, but you're, we're not talking about either one of those. We are doing Evil Dead Rise, though. Yeah, that that because that's Yay. an actual horror movie. Um, I, I you know what? I'm just gonna say it. The last good Scream movie was Scream Two. That was it. After last that, Scream movie was Scream. <laughs> but but I, I don't know. See, I like Scream Two a lot. I, think I it's love Scream sequel. Two. Scream Two was. But it, Randy goes down, and right, then I don't that, care but about anybody. But that's why, because like it, it was like the last Jedi of this of the of the Scream series. 
where it was ballsy as fuck and it, and it went places that it probably didn't realize that this was really going to have to like actually make up for later on and mm-hmm. i i mean honestly i think the best part of scream 6 is only in it for a whole whopping total of 5 minutes when they brought kirby back otherwise I'm, I'm just going to spoil something now. I mean, does anybody care if I just... I whatever. give no fucks. I mean, Dave, Chris, I'm not going to watch it. Give a shit, honestly? I'm not we... watching it, so it doesn't matter. Okay. They had a golden opportunity to kill off Gail. They even led you mm-hmm. to believe that was going to happen. And, of course, they let the bitch live. <laughs> uh, at least Sydney's gone because I couldn't. Another issue this. with this fucking film, and Erica will back me up. The main characters all get stabbed no less than fucking a hundred times yeah. each. I shit you not. And they are fucking. About this. And they right. are walking around like nothing. Th- listen, it's well, it's think literally about in five. Remember how they got healed from a gut shot to by coffee? This is worse. Katie, this, this is, is worse. worse. This is way worse. And, and by the way, as much as everybody's like, "Oh, it's such a," br-, it's not fucking brutal. There's one kill that's maybe like, "Oh, okay." The ladder, the ladder scene. That's yeah. it. The rest of the movie, it's like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Like literally, what the fuck am I watching? The fucking the, the reveal was horrible. So what I I hated it once they revealed who the after they did the ghost face reveal, I just absolutely hated it after that point. And it was like I I wasn't I wasn't into it at all because I I lived in New York, so like a lot of that is bullshit. What what they what what they were trying to portray. Barely set foot in New York, so I here's 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 the problem. When you have the new Flash Thompson from the Spider Man movies in the beginning, they show him as Ghostface in the beginning, and then they kill Hmm. him off. When your movie is that meta that the motherfucker puts on Jason Takes Manhattan while you have a Scream movie set in Manhattan. Right. I've disconnected already. In the first five minutes, I was done. I'm like, nope, fuck this movie. I'm done. (laughs) Fuck this. I'm done. So in summation, I should always trust my (laughs) gut. And that movie was ass. And I'm glad I didn't waste my time on it. Yeah, pretty I'm, much. I'm, I'm just going to tell you now because like there's like a whole Ghostface museum which I'm sure you saw in the trailer for that and they have mm-hmm. the TV that that killed Stu and Kirby's like, "Oh, this is the one that killed Stu Mocker." And the If you believe he's the, really yeah, dead. Yeah, the female Randy's <laughs> like, "Well, if you believe he's really dead." And they kind of left it. There's even See, a post-credit just scene. Just trying to like fondle my balls at this point. Like, Yo, no. there, there's an actual there's oh, an actual post-credit scene too. Where it's just, it's that same bitch that's like the female Randy, his niece, I guess. And she's like, not every movie needs a post-credit scene, and then it cuts. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, this is Scream 6. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Oh. The only, the only cool scene is all like the, the people in costume on the subways as, as like better, like horror characters. I did. I did like the um, the subway scene and the fact that they had not only like really well known um, costumes. Like, yeah, like at, at some point there's a guy in a Michael Myers mask, I think, in one of the costume scenes. But they had some more obscure ones. Like they had one uh, dressed as the guy from Murder Party. Yeah, they had the Babadook. Uh, they had Kayoko from The Grudge. From the, what they, yeah, they, they had that, and they had the um the what, what's her name from Ready or Not because she's in the movie, but one of the characters uh, was dressed as, as but yeah, she yeah. was in it, but somebody was on the subway dressed as her character because those filmmakers that made that are doing the new Scream movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That was actually kind of cool. That's it. Like, I mean, there's not really a lot of like praise that I honestly, I'm just gonna say it. Jenna Ortega overrated as fuck, completely overrated <laughs> as fuck. Um, there's even a forced romance in this movie between like. 
two of like the main characters that they just like kind of shoehorned in because just because the just whole movie she was barely in the first in the last one she's like front and center in this one and, and mainly it's because of how big wednesday was yeah mm. but I, I i digress i'm gonna get back to this real quick because i was telling my my best friend selena she's like oh what are you asking i'm like oh we're talking about this this film and i'm like you know mostly it's about the, the, the zuni doll and she's like <laughs> and i quote i can't stand that doll lol the vhs cover used to annoy me and she's got two laughing emojis i'm not a fan <laughs> <laughs> So that that sums up this this particular film. So I want to pose a question to everyone. Oh, I'm sorry, Erica, were you going to say something? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, like um, watching this again um, as an adult, like, yeah, I don't find that the doll fight seems scary. In fact, they sometimes seem slapsticky. Like, I, I rem- it made me think of, like, the scenes in Evil Dead 2 where he's fighting his own hand. And, and, and like, after he cuts it but, off. And but Bruce Campbell does a better job. Exactly. Yeah. But it's it's making the same freaking sounds that um, this doll makes. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so I, I thought it's like okay, this isn't like this doesn't scare me anymore. It's actually pretty silly. But yeah, that um, it, it, I feel like the the final shot of her with the scary teeth and you know and like and like yeah, tapping the knife on the floor like that makes up for how silly the earlier part was. That me. part was but, actually kind of chilling. It yeah. Was good. Yeah, that that was a good moment. It's like, okay, that redeems the silliness of the rest of it. So that's kind of my main thought on that piece. So my question to everybody at this point is, now as adults who a lot of us haven't watched this in a long time, which of the segments would you say you like the most now? Because I would say I like the Julie segment better Mm -hmm. because I think it has a lot more potential. Yeah, I kind of have to go with the Julie segment, uh, too. Like, as an adult, I just find that creepier. The whole, um, just the whole predator dynamics on on both sides is, like, icky and creepy. And, I don't know, it kind of sticks with me more than um, than even the doll segment does. I had a much more visceral reaction to it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, now that I'm older, the Julie segment actually made sense to me as opposed to when I was a kid and I had really had no idea what was going on. Um, and you know, it's definitely, uh, important and it's, I think it's a strong start to this, but I still, Amelia is my favorite. I love that Zuni doll. (laughs) I mean, that's all I remember. So I'm just going to go with that one by default because I mean, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there we fair. go. Um, Crystal, how about you? Sorry, Dave, for three miles away in the kitchen. Um, you know, for me, like I said, this weekend was the first time I've seen it, beginning to end. I still enjoy Amelia. I think that's still my favorite um, because there's something about cheap effects and just somebody shaking a doll that. <laughs> really does make me laugh. Uh, uh, and uh, I had a phobia as a child. I just strict phobia of uh, stuffed animals, my teddy wraps can all of that come to life uh, when I slept. So like my parents would have to clear out every stuffed animal, care bears, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could sleep. 
I remember my dad would tell me, they don't come to life. Well, I'm not trying. We're, we're not trying that tonight. Like, no, sir. Like, they can go somewhere else. We want to sneak and stay up late. Watch Doogie Howser. And these dogs going to be in their own bed, not mine. <laughs> uh, Dave, how about you? Uh, all right, a couple of thoughts to wrap up this last episode. Do you know which one stuck out as an adult? Oh, actually, the first one was more... Uh, Going back and revisiting this, I thought the first episode uh, was interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously, I had remembered the third one from way back when. I had not remembered the first one. So it's interesting to see, you know, because the 70s were so rife with misogyny. It's interesting to see mm -hmm. the guy get his comeuppance. That was kind of fun. Like the second one, kind of like whatever, you know, go make your pizza. But uh, the third one's my favorite. But I thought the first one was I'm glad I revisited to be able to watch that one again, too. But I got to go with the third one. Interesting. But I got a, a couple of things about the third one. I wanted to talk about the scene where she locks the doll in the suitcase. <laughs> and when he's cutting through the top, the sounds that he is making are so <laughs> fucking funny. Yes, he's like, they are. like, you can hear him like, yeah, you son of a bitch. When I get out of here, I'm going to yeah. fuck you up so bad. He's like, like cutting. So the guy who did the voice for the did the voices of the Zuni fetish doll, Walker Edmonston, I looked him up. He did everything. He was the Sleestacks in Land of the Lost. Oh my he was god! In all, he was <laughs> in all of the Sid and Marty Croft shows. He did he, in all you know HR, HR Puffin Puff stuff. stuff. He was in all of those. He did all those background voices. He, he was amazing. Uh, the, the voices that he did. The guy was in the business for you know fifty years. He did so many voices. So that I always like. Uh, when I read about a show that we're going to cover, uh, looking at the background parts like that. So he was amazing. Um, and another note I have is the doll's hair made me think of those people in Coming to America. Uh -huh. was, it, was it her family that were all jerry curled? Yes, yeah, so glow. So glow. So glow. Just yeah. let your soul glow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> his, hair, his hair made me think of the soul glow. Yeah. <laughs> Me. Oh, and the fact that she goes to make dinner and she picks this fucking five-pound T-bone out of the fridge and just throws it on a broiler pan and just throws it in the oven. Little bit pepper. <laughs> Go. <laughs> uh, th those are those are one of the things that stood out to me. Yeah. So that's funny. I think that, you know, and and one last thing before we start hitting up uh, social media and and um, shitty reviews. This is a. Uh, I mean, obviously, I wasn't alive in 1975. My mom was 13. Uh, I was born in 79, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my mom. But um, I think for, you know, a made-for-TV movie in 75, this was pretty racy stuff. This was pretty mm -hmm. edgy. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. when I first saw it, I didn't realize it had been, it was a made-for-TV thing until my mom told me later. And I was like, oh, it just felt like a movie. You know, you know what too, and, and I think I don't think ABC gets enough um, credit for this because out of all like the the networks, I think until like Fox really kind of came into its own thing, ABC was like always kind of like doing like made for TV like horror movies before the mm -hmm. you know over over NBC and CBS because between this, um, the Salem's Lot that was ABC, the Tim Curry hit in the nineties that was ABC, The Shining, ABC, um, what's that other like and this. The stand and there was, what was the, oh my god the, the midnight hour i don't remember that one that that's like so obscure 
mm-hmm. with um with Sherry Belafonte in it. Like it's such a weird Wolfman Jack's even in it. He does like the voiceover in the beginning. Yeah, see, even wow. you like confused and you're like, yeah, but it's like such a niche like cult film. Yeah, it's dredging up a little bit, but I'm trying to think. But it's about like a haunted house thing that like all like the monsters and shit come out. But it's I mean, I think it was a comedy also. I don't remember because it's been forever since I, I know it's on YouTube. You can just watch it on there. Um, they even did like um, what the fuck was the other ones they used to do? I mean, but regardless, like ABC was always like kind of like yeah, we'll we'll do a horror movie and yeah. And the funny the- thing is, is on Sunday during the day they always had the the Disney Family movie, right? Right, yeah. I mean, and plus, like, I mean, even ABC was like the first to kind of tackle like you know issues for like teenagers with like the after school special too. So, I mean, I know, I know the irony is like you know because Disney ended up buying them now and like they probably wouldn't do such a thing, but. I mean, shit, remember, even, like, as kids, Mr. Boogity, that that was, I mean, it was a Disney, but it was yeah. still ABC, and it was still slightly horror, so, I mean, again, ABC was kind of ahead of its ahead of its time and stuff, like, they, they kind of foresaw what was going to happen, I mean, look, look, I mean, in a, in a weird way, if stuff like, like, Trilogy of Terror and, you know, the other ones we just mentioned didn't get ratings, I don't think we would have, <laughs> like, The Walking Dead or True Blood or any of the horror, even Tales from the Crypt, really, when you, when you think yeah. about it, Tales from the mm-hmm. Dark Side, I mean, all this stuff, kind of owes a credit to to ABC for having the balls to really put the stuff on for us to see that we shouldn't have been watching. Yeah, I so mean, like, I mean, re- realistically, saying, how like, many... For, like, at the time, a made-for-TV movie, I mean, we've got... Um, Salem's Lot was fantastic. It was toned down, but it was fantastic. And this, you know, feels pretty edgy for 1975. I mean, it can't be honest, because we're the same age. I mean, how many kids are aged growing up when it came out, the original it with Tim Curry? Like, how many people were, like, freaked the fuck out by the fact that this killer clown was on TV eating yeah. children? I, that I ABC and, and on top of that, ABC had had the balls to even not put this on during Halloween, but during the Thanksgiving holiday, like, going into Thanksgiving. I, my mom and I were glued. Yeah. So, like, think about that. Right. And, like, you know, even like vampires, like those aren't like your typical one of the mill vampires in Salem's lack. They're like almost like Nosferatu. They're looking. Nosferatu type. Yeah. Right. And like they had the balls to do this. So, you know, I mean, to the point, I mean, at, at, after I think so many, you know, that they didn't remember CBS kind of had to respond back and they did the other shitty thieving, which I like the first one, but the sometimes they come back. I I did like that. I mean, it's different from like. The I thought it was story. a weak story to begin with. It's not King's. It's best. not. It's not my. Yeah, it's not. It's not my favorite by him. But I mean, again, because of stuff like this hitting the way that it did, it it kind of forces like the other networks' hands to to get mm-hmm. their hands involved into this. So, uh, David and Crystal. Well, uh, so reading about this. Um, it, uh, watching it rather the one thing i kept thinking of was the stephen king short story battleground remember that one with the the army mm-hmm. men the army men yes yes yeah, i was so, thinking so, about that so i was looking that up and that teleplay because that was made into a um it was a stephen king short story but they made it into a teleplay uh, and the and the the uh, screenplay was written by richard matheson's son so you know his connection there in fact if you watch the uh the the richard hurt or william sorry william hurt was the um Hitman and that the, the Zuni fetish doll is in the is in his apartment. You can see it on the shelf, like in his Holy collection fuck, of trophies. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So that that's what I kept thinking of when I watched. I was what, just thinking of Battlegrounds as well. It was like I remember the yeah. stories and I remember the the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. that's that, that's that, that's what my brain kept going back to. Yeah, great short story. It is um, fantastic. My favorite Stephen King short story novella is the Gwendy's Button Box. Oh, yes. mm. that sounds filthy. I, Mm, it's not. 
Uh, but it's really good. I enjoyed it. Um, my favorite, as... you know me, I never have one favorite, so we'd be here all night. But at this juncture, I would like to uh, share a little bit of what we got on social media about this film, this TV movie. Um, there's not a whole lot of it, but we did get a little bit. Um, Alaska Girl 88 said Karen was fantastic in this series. Gotta say that last shot of her still gives me nightmares. And I, of course, had to post the gif of it. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. And it, it is scary as shit, man. Zombie Girls Horror Podcast says, love this anthology. Can't wait to hear you guys talk about it. <laughs> Podcast in the Woods. Now, I don't know if this is Gabby or Boomer because they share it. It says, it's been so long since I've seen it. The only thing I remember is laughing at the doll jittering around the apartment, chasing some woman. <laughs> <laughs> now, Gabby or Boomer, whichever one of you that is, I'm ashamed of you that you don't know who Karen Black is. Come on, man. <laughs> some yeah, woman. For sure. Some woman. <laughs> some woman. Not Karen yeah, Black. I, but, I, but, I bet if, but I bet if we refer to her as, as Mother Firefly in House of a Thousand Corpses, mm. they know who mm. she was. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, even though it was less the East Easterbrook, that probably is better known of the two because of how big the yeah, well, is versus because that. Karen Black died after the first, you know, in the series. So she was, was it? No, one. was it? I thought no, I could have wanted something she was over the first one, and then she died. Okay, maybe. Yeah, yeah I think that's right. <laughs> yep. So, I guess now it is time for Sean Shitty reviews. Crystal. <laughs> completely cut out but hey <laughs> yeah G -g give us another one you cut out <laughs> that's a little better So as always, we start out with the uh, Rotten Tomato scores. Um, the critics gave this ninety-two percent. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Well, I mean, it was ballsy for a TV movie, for a TV horror movie. So, if only they were that much kinder to like Maniac or something. The audience not so generous at fifty-six percent. <laughs> uh, our first one comes from uh, Big Cheese. Gave it a half. <laughs> gave it a half star. What a straight shit show. Especially disappointing, <laughs> especially disappointing is that you have to wait 50 minutes before there's something entertaining and laughable. Um, the second I story wonder, was I wonder if his middle name is Fomunda. <laughs> Big Fomunda oh, cheese. Yeah. <laughs> the second story was an absolute bore. I didn't even have to do any work to know the exciting twist they reveal in lame fashion. Then the third <laughs> one was just as plain, but the last presented the potential that all these stories had in the laughs. It was just so silly. She was screaming at that one inch blade under the door. So bad. Uh, nice. our, our next one from Scott Clark, half star, utter dreg. Love Karen Black, but Christ, what a mess. Three <laughs> stories with one of my fave 80s horror stars, and not one of them hits the mark. Uh, let's see. I disagree. Squin with one star. I like the idea of an anthology with the same actor in the lead role of each, but it would be better if any of the stories were remotely interesting. 
Oh. <laughs> well, maybe. Our- Arlo Ouch. Sanchez with one star. More like Trilogy of Terrible, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> they can get that all on their own. Uh, all right. Uh, sh- Shadow Real. Uh, that doll going berserk, as racist as it is, is the most hilarious <laughs> thing in a horror movie I've ever seen. Definitely had, <laughs> definitely had to inspire the Tales from the Hood dolls short. <laughs> Nico. Uh, one nice. <laughs> one star for the doll winning. No other stars because I skipped through the first two shorts. <laughs> oh, 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 boo. Um, uh, Dave, this is for you uh, from Ava. Bro, holy shit, what the fuck was going on in the 70s? <laughs> baby, I was going on in the 70s, baby. I was going on in 1979. Hmm. Uh, troll music with one star buddy of mine referred this flick said it freaked him out as a kid not a Karen Black fan cross-eyed thing weirds me out <laughs> Damn. he says story one had stiff dialogue bad acting suede bell bottoms drive-in movies roofies <laughs> in other words the 70s uh, Amen. Story, yes. story two holy shit another cross-eyed actress oh damn <laughs> That's Karen Black again. Really, <laughs> really thought it was a different chick for a second. This one sucked bad. Story three. Almost didn't bother. Thank Christ I persevered. Last yes. installment by far was the best, at least somewhat creepy. Uh, note. Skip first two bullshit, weak horror bullshit. <laughs> Dated entries and go right for off the wall craziness of the third movie. And last but not least, um, from Corwin, one star. Mom chose tonight's movie. We will not be letting her do that again. <laughs> Does that the, sound like the kids? I just yeah. made them watch Society, by the way. Yeah. The nice. only, oh, God. They loved it, though. The only joy derived from this was pretending I was on MST3K and making fun of it. Staggeringly <laughs> bad. The first two stories aren't really even horror. And are just a whole bunch of nothing before flaccid twists. The last story is a tiny doll on crack chasing a woman around her apartment and screaming. Mom's mom's final thoughts? Yeah, I don't know where people found this scary. <laughs> I gotta say, I think I think half of the fun of the third one with the doll is the vo- the sounds that it makes when it's oh, running yeah. around. Yeah, I'm well, serious. It's just- that is- it's going haywire. Like I said, the, the scene where it comes out of the tub and it's got the knife in its mouth. It's got the, like a little pirate. And then, and then <laughs> and the, it's so angry. And it's, and it's so little, but the fact that she can't keep the door closed and it opens <laughs> the door and that one scene where the door opens and it's hanging it's from hanging the doorknob. From his, <laughs> he's got, he's committed. He's committed to he his is committed. He is committed. And that the way that that knife under the door and then like when she gets him the suitcase, and yeah. the knife comes out of the suitcase, and yeah, it's it's pretty. I think I think I think if those, uh, I think that's half of the fun of that one is the sounds that he makes. He's like, he doesn't actually articulate any hand, words, so but, you, but you can hear him like, oh, if I want yeah. to get out of here, I'm going to fuck well, you like, up so I bad. Told, I told Candy, I'm like the scene where where she puts him in the oven. And she's got her back to it, and the smoke's coming out, and he's in there going fucking batshit. And I was like, this is the ending of Child's Play, when they throw him in the fireplace. You know? And we just didn't get the, you know, you stupid bitch, you filthy slut. 
Which she I take a problem. He was probably saying it. Just in his I want to hear people get right. filthy sluts. Yeah. I also I did, I did more than the me. giant T-bone. She threw that T-bone in there and burned it all up. I was sad about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had to have a morning. You don't fuck up a good T-bone. Yeah, no. god damn, that's an expensive fucking piece of meat right there. Nothing like yeah. burnt steak and shitty scotch. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Guess what we're watching tonight? J&B. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what we do all the time. Guess what we're watching now? Yeah. Um, so that's I guess when I, 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 knew, I knew Crystal was the woman for me when I mentioned samurai cop and she had already seen it yeah without unriffed. being riffed yeah. now, see, see, our roles were reversed like i was the one that got him into the show and now he's like a mega fan so yeah. i was like listen if we're gonna like do this you have to be a fan because i i live this i yeah. live yeah. it we're and gonna talk it. about it during sex we're gonna talk about <laughs> it after sex we surprise we, uh that it actually comes up sometimes i've got it oh, i've yeah. got it i've got a term for it it's called clown sex <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> honk my nose, honk my nose. We've got yeah. clown school. Yeah. <laughs> Making balloon animals during whatever. And now that I'm completely <laughs> embarrassed, uh, look, it's a poodle. It's a poodle. <laughs> <laughs> no, the worst part is when I always put it on in the background, and then when you break character and start laughing at it and like oh i guess yeah. i'm supposed to be paying attention to sex yeah. not that eh, you know, and then, and then we do, get the giggles do, and we can multitask i call that multitasking i i'm not good at multitasking <laughs> <laughs> but you knows me knows that i'd be like no sorry because night living dead was on one time i'm like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> anyway quit, quit laughing anyway. bite the pillow <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a pillow <laughs> absolutely not so for my rating um i put my notebook down but i remember what i wrote I, i'm gonna give this all things considered seven out of ten richard matheson's um i think you know for like i said for me for tv movie um it was it was ballsy like nico said you know it, it had guts it it was like uh not afraid to be scary, not afraid to be silly. Although I don't think the silliness was necessarily intentional, but <laughs> probably not. No, but I mean, they there there had to be somebody who was laughing about it. There has to have been somebody who who greenlit the it. Guys waving still, the like, doll in her face, just yeah, you know, like shaking the doll in her face, like oh, this is gonna be great. Um, you know, some sick fucks like like all of us basically, like <laughs> this is gonna be great. Um, so it's. I have fun with it. It does suffer from like, you know, that like sophomore slump, like right in the middle, it just drags for an anthology. It just really drags. And the whole, uh, it's the strongest case of split personality. I'm like, ah, fuck right off with that. Yeah, shit. whatever. <laughs> yeah, all right. I, it, it was just, it was lame. It wasn't cool. Like I could have done with a little bit more of the first segment, a little bit more of the third segment. And we just could have called it, you know, not a trilogy, like, you know, Here's two tales of terror or something. Um, we really didn't need that second story. And Richard Matheson, I really hope the story itself was better than that shit um, <laughs> that we got on the screen. But otherwise, Karen Black, bless her little heart with her cockeye. She really, <laughs> you know, she's really like uh, munching on the scenery. She's she's having a lot of fun with these characters. And I think, you know, as an actress, it would be fun to play four different characters, you know, in one whole big shebang. And it seems like, you know, she's having a good time and it did typecast her, but I think that she made coin on that typecasting. Yeah. You know, the best, you know, the best thing about being an actor is getting fucking work. 
if you're getting work in horror and you're not a, you're not happy with that, then maybe you shouldn't be fucking acting. If you're getting a job, if you're getting a paycheck, and and mm. horror fans are like the most loyal fans in the world, like you could you could go worse on that. You could do worse. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I'm sorry that she was unhappy about it, but uh, I think we got a lot of great movies out of her, and this was a lot of fun. It's not something that's going to be heavy rotation for me. It was nice to revisit after like thirty something years, but um, yeah, I just. You know, it, it's a seven out of ten, Richard Matheson's. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to mirror that uh, seven out of ten crackhead dolls. I don't, I don't know. I didn't even think about that. Um, I, I love Richard Matheson, and I've read a lot of his work, a lot of his short stories, um, and this has his trademarks all over it, especially the third. Uh, movie in this like candy said definitely soggy middle um he has there are so many short stories that he has that i would have loved to have seen in in this aside from that uh, my favorite being witch war if anyone has ever read it or gets the chance to read it i love witch war um but the first one definitely appreciated a lot more now that i'm older um, and I thought it was really well done. And the third one will always be my favorite because of that crazy ass fucking doll. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, seven out of 10, uh, crackhead dolls. <clears throat> okay. Who wants to go next? I mean, I'll go, I guess. Uh, I don't even think there's a proper way to really rate this. Cause I don't remember the first two. So I'm just going to say five out of 10. Uh, I don't even know. Made made for TV movies, I guess. Um, the only thing I remember is that last story. I mean, it still <coughs> is entertaining for what it is. Basically, a one woman show, and you know, there there you go for that. Um, gonna catch a little heat for this one, but I always kind of looked at Karen Black as like a soap actress that was in a bunch of horror movies. <laughs> so it was like soap level acting. I mean, it is what it is. So. Um, I mean, between this, Invaders from Mars. Did I remember her in where they used to eat? What was that? The one? That's what they were eating the frogs, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Because she was like way overacting in that one, too. So, um, <laughs> and then the brief Having moments. Having the whole buffet, she, as you like to yeah, say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then what else? Uh, I guess. The house of a thousand corpses that's pretty much these three are like what i remember her from mostly, but um you know there's there's not really too much i can really say about this so i guess it's five out of ten made for tv movies and if you if you're going to see anything watch this and if you want to see anything that this influenced tales from the hood uh, the thriller video i guess child's play mm. and i mean i can't think of anything else not megan you know, as as much as I hated Megan, and I really fucking hated Megan, I would I liked Megan more than I liked Scream Six. There you okay. go. That that that, that, that right there. That no, it's not even a hot take. I mean, that right there should tell you exactly. You know how much I fucking hated Scream Six. That, <laughs> that, that much. It's like it's like it's it's like I mean, even though it's still better than Halloween Ends, but not not by much. Yeah, that's right. Wow. You were muted and said that, and I still read your lips when you said that, Candy. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, indeed. Definitely a wow. 
yeah i mean it's probably a better thing that we're not doing that movie because like we would probably lose a lot of people so i'll I'll take the heat for this one for the for the (laughs) i'll take i'll take one for the team here for that one and just say how much i hated that fucking. well you noticed that it wasn't on the schedule so i already had my mind made up purposely yeah don't don't watch it again although although on on a brighter note if i can just one second, I was able to surprise you a couple of weeks ago that, that I've been told you I've been working on something and you were like, what the fuck are you doing? You want to, you can just tell everybody now, go ahead. And, you know, not that I need credit. I'm just saying so, something that I had the, the chance to do for you. So everybody knows who listens and everybody here knows that I love Rose McGowan. And mm. I have wanted to meet Rose McGowan for years. She's cherry. Uh, Darling is one of my favorite final girls. I love Planet Terror. And he met Rose McGowan told her about me and she got the really cool shot of Cherry with the sunglasses and like wrote like love and blah blah as Cherry and like he, he did the whole damn thing and I like fucking flipped out. Oh wow. Yeah like I was she like, was, he, right, I love her picture too. Of, of him with her and I was like oh my god I love her. He was like she loves you too. I'm like the fuck you talking about <laughs> right after I said like the, the picture finally uploaded because the 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 cell reception at you guys know because you guys have been there the cell reception at Monster Mania is shit yeah it's, and it's shit. not it's not it's not that this isn't the fault of the con it's the fault of the the hotel because it's so there's probably like repeaters in the building that kind of block some of the signal but she's like what the fuck are you talking about and I was like this and she was like oh my god and then she was like fucking like the only one of the few times even through text I knew that Candy was speechless. And that doesn't happen very often. Does not I happen was. very often, people. Just just let that be known. And it's not a knock. <laughs> it's not a knock on candy. It's just, I mean, to actually get her to be speechless, that that's a win. Yeah, I was. I was completely like just like, uh, uh, uh. That that's a win. And she even <laughs> she even underlined when I told her about you and how to how to put candy the final girl and told her, you know, you really are a final girl and how you're her favorite final girl with with Cherry Darling. And you know, she always talks about you. Rose McGowan and she always talks about Cherry Darling on the show. She made sure to underline the on there. So it's like Candy, the final girl. So she's like, well, if if she's been through some shit, I've been through some shit. I love her. And here she is the final girl. Nice. I like legit choked up. So. So, yeah, that was fucking amazing. It's totally my, my, my pleasure to be able to do that because I knew if if I had the chance, I, I know that if it was reverse and it was someone like that, I 100% was like, you need, that to, um, you, need to, you need to post it to the group so we can all see it. I, I think I did, but I'll but I'll post it. Oh, my mind, maybe so I missed it. I'll, I'll post it again. It's now uh, that you know the story, you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to, I don't well, there's it. there's more to the story that I can't talk about on the air for that right. because, um, yeah, I, I could tell you guys when we're not recording. Because it's actually kind of funny mm. how how it all how it all went down, but I also okay. look at it too. Like if if it was something that I you know didn't have the chance, and it was somebody that I loved that much, that was a celebrity, it meant that much to me. Um, like I know that you and Sean would have went out of your way to you know to get that if it was a con that you guys went to. So like that's well, why you certainly gave David Naughton a nice little fun chuckle. He, well, he was like, <laughs> wow, he this man, this is a man who knows what he wants. And I've yeah. never had anything like this happen. I'm like, <laughs> so who's up? Yeah, it's because we family. I mean, honestly, I would do it, you know, for the rest of you guys too if, if it ever came to it. But I knew I knew for that one when that was when when she was there and I had the, the chance to get that done that I, I had to get that done for her. There was there was no way around that. So I appreciate it so so much. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Um who's up? 
I'll throw in my two cents. Um, I am going to give this um, eight out of 10 scary pointy teeth. Um, I, it, it is a classic. I, I really do enjoy uh, Karen Black and she, she definitely is like very versatile with her performances with these different characters. I, I do agree with the consensus that like the middle segment is the weakest. I just, um, I, I liked watching her play these two very different characters, but I just didn't think the story was all that interesting, but I really uh, enjoyed like rediscovering the first segment, Julie, and um, enjoyed the um, the third segment uh, as well, even though it seemed a lot more comical. <laughs> this it does time with age, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is kind of a risque, uh, edgy film for the time period that in which it was released, especially for TV. So. Uh, props for that and and now i want to seek out the original richard matheson stories Mm -hmm. yeah that's the thing about it seems like every episode we talk about richard matheson winds up popping up he's like the little jack-in-the-box that keeps showing up i I need to read everything he's ever written writing god yeah Mm -hmm. humanity Yeah, he was not very optimistic no I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to give this one eight. I, I think it deserves a seven out of 10, but I'm going to give it an extra point because I'm a child of the 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the first, well, the, like I said, I'm, I'm happy I got to revisit it to watch the first episode again because that one had a lot going on, which I didn't remember. And then the second one, whatever. But then the third one, uh, although it does come across as more comical now than um, I think it was intended, Every horror fan knows the Zuni fetish doll. If you if you were to cosplay as that at a horror con, everybody would know. It makes me think of um, Johnny Depp in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie when the Commodore says, I think you're the worst pirate I've ever heard of. And he says, but you have heard of me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows the Zuni fetish doll. And that alone <laughs> gives this one an extra point. Um, at, and and just uh, I need to just loop this. I wish you could isolate the uh, dialogue uh, of the Zuni fetish doll and just loop it, like make it your ringtone or something. It'd be <laughs> fucking great. Uh, I fucking laugh my ass off every time. It's funny, you know. But but a lot. But a lot. I mean, even in really really good horror films, a lot of the payoff is laughter. You you. It's tension, 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 and then release. You know. So I think if you're laughing, you know, they're doing their job. It's it's a, it's a reaction, right? It's better than like, you know, Halloween ends where I just walked off sad and depressed and, you know, wanted to just go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that was a depressing <laughs> drive home from the drive-in. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a migraine because of that fucking movie. Still. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, let me say, does... uh, I wanted to make sure I mentioned, I, I mentioned Capricorn 1 again. If you want to see Karen Black do some of her best work, watch Capricorn 1 because her and Elliot mm. Gould have some great dialogue scenes in it. He's trying to... Uh, bed her down through the whole movie and she's uh, just shining them on and it's really she she does some of her best work really sardonic dry she, and she <laughs> delivers her lines great that's a that's a great performance she's only in the movie a little bit but when she's in it she's really funny yeah so if you really don't want to see them you can watch it for oj simpson got oj simpson in it you got it yeah wow. i cannot capricorn one is a classic if you haven't seen it watch it tonight thank me tomorrow yeah. So she's Karen Cocktease in that movie, is what you're saying? Yes, yes, okay. yes, she is. I, I have a general question, sir, because I mean, you, you guys, especially you, you and um, Crystal, because I mean, you guys have been going to horror cons more often lately, and I guess the whole because I have never seen it. Has anybody ever seen a Zuni 
cosplay at a at a heart convention? No, not a cosplay. I looked up no. on eBay like what the uh, reproductions of the model would cost, but they're even like the reproductions are way. I think three hundred bucks. Yeah, because I told yeah. them we needed one to go beside Pazuzu. Yeah, we have a Pazuzu statue. On I that. feel like I've seen them like at at the cons at the vendor table. Yeah, though. Like, yeah somebody does too. make them, right? Didn't yeah, yeah, the Monster Mania? Didn't we like make a comment about that last year when you guys yeah. were here? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen. Yeah, if I ever one, yeah, it's I'm picking it up. But yeah, three hundred bucks. Dave, well, yeah. well, if if we if we if we find it at Monster Mania, I'll, I'll pick it up for you, Dave. If if it's um, you just let me know what what you consider reasonable, and then we'll we'll go from there. Because right. yeah, I'll have it for you guys. Deal, yeah. I mean, because... it, it's iconic. The Zuni fetish style is iconic. If you're a horror fan, no matter what, how old you are, that I mean, you know everybody it. knows yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Although, do you think it would be kind of weird if somebody did a cosplay of that now? Because you of know, how, I would think that if somebody did that cosplay, they might get mistaken for Maui from Moana. Nobody, nobody <laughs> or would it would be cultural appropriation or racist. It might be a little. Yeah, yeah. it could be taken let's, a little. Let, 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 let's be honest. I mean, there's only one Dwayne Johnson. So yeah. there is only one The Rock. <laughs> there However, is only one. Yes. If, so. if they haven't seen this movie, they would probably go first. Maui, and then you know they'd be like, "No, uh, uh-uh, not Maui, sharp teeth." No. <laughs> I mean, to to be fair, all, all bullshit aside, I don't know if you guys saw the pictures from when I posted from Monster Minute. I had a T-shirt of Gary Oldman as Drexel from True Romance, and I actually had somebody be like, "Oh, is that Jack Sparrow on your shirt?" Oh wow! Yeah, and he was like, like, "Go away." I was like, no, get the fuck out of here before I punch you in the balls. His best line in that is, it ain't white boy day, is it? No, it ain't white Dude, boy day. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys ever met. I don't, know if, I don't know if he goes to the cons that you guys go to, Father Evil. He's like the evil yeah, priest. Yeah, evil. yeah. I've I don't know if you guys met him in Mania, but I don't know if David Crystal ever seen him at, or, or if Eric has seen him at, at a big convention, because so. he does travel the country right. for this. But him and I are actually really good friends, and he saw the shirt. He walked up in full costume and character and never break. But he looked at me. He was like, I didn't realize it was white boy day today. And just white kept boy, <laughs> No man, they ain't white boy. <laughs> like That's even like even funny. um a couple of the, of the final girls, and I think even Rose McGowan was like, "Yo, I love that shirt because you know he's wearing you know Friday the Thirteenth scream." Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, that, that dude. That that's him. You remember him, Candy? We've seen him at, at Horrorhound a couple times. Yeah, I don't know if he comes down this way. But a lot of like like the celebrities that so they were like, oh my god, I love your shirt because you know again they, they see Friday the Thirteenth. Well, it's funny because you were posting, you were you were sending me all the pics, yeah, that you were taking at Monster Mania, and I was thinking, holy shit, that's a cool shirt. And then you were like, everybody keeps commenting on my shirt. I'm like, I'm commenting on your shirt. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I got to give props on air to Amy because she's the one that got up me for my birthday last year. It's badass. So, yeah, yeah it was awesome. we all we all we all love it. Anything Quentin, which we're sad about the fact that they announced his final movie is coming. Huh. Yeah. Bound anyway. to have feet in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have not rated that. Uh, for me, it's going to be six out of ten Judge Judy cosplays. Because, uh, <laughs> like, you know, for me, the first one was okay. The first segment was okay. It was very misogynistic, very, you know, 70s. Um, and very much needed a hairbrush to the back of the head with that matted wig or whatever she had going on. <laughs> uh, the second one was the equivalent to Halloween Kills or Halloween Ends. Uh, we could have done without it. Um, <laughs> and and the last one, I think, sticks out for most people because probably the Zuni dolls scared most people. Most people probably saw this when they were young or impressionable or um, just 
freaked the fuck out by some stage grip just shaking it all. Um, I, I would like to think this is probably the closest to uh, M. Night Shyamalan and Lamb and Lamb and Ding Dong uh, that uh. the 70s have. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the twist... The twist that Richard Matheson has in his stories uh, that they brought forward in all three segments, I, you know, that had to probably influence M. Night Shyamalan. But uh, overall, it's decent. It's a fun watch. If you, you know, you have a group of people together and they've never seen it, it's definitely fun to sit back and watch somebody watch this and you just wait for, uh, Amelia to pop up and, and the Zuni doll. And then I've been running around my office screaming, nah, 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 nah. Uh, you know, and <laughs> everybody's just laughing at me. But um, what you do is you get everyone to drop like 15 minutes before the last episode starts and everybody watch that with the doll as they're all fucking tripping. That'd be great. Yeah. Mm. Nah, 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 nah. Um, Sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I mean, those close ups, it, it's just jarring. And I think that's <laughs> probably what scared people. Um, so for me, six out of ten Judge Judy cosplays. Hmm. Well, I think we have a pretty good average going on. Yeah, I figured I figured this one would be well received. I'm like I said earlier, I'm more nervous about children shouldn't play with dead things. I've never seen it. (laughs) I hadn't seen it until I heard that Tom Sabini was gonna do a remake. This was a million fucking years ago. Yeah. Like BHS days, I was working at the video store pre-DVD. And so I, I saw it then and I was like, he's remaking this movie? I think it needs to be touched <laughs> mainly because I think uh, uh, any fan of Day, of Romero's Day of the Dead will recognize a proto-bub in this one. There's a zombie that they name and it, it, it's, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious about it's it. It's definitely, um, it's, it's interesting it, and I think it's, it's very it, 70s. Oh my God. It should be talked about. I don't think anybody talks about it enough. Yeah, so exactly. I, I was actually I'm happy that you suggested it. I don't think it gets enough love. I don't think it gets enough love. The only thing is, I think if this would ever get like a reboot or another, it has to be a made for TV, it, like they or or made for streaming. Like it would kind of have to follow, you know, suit with with the with the two movies because the other one I think came on USA. I think was was the one that did the the uh, sequel. Oh, I meant to mm-hmm. I meant to mention. Did I ever add the other to the list? I think I put that on the list too. The other. Um, I'm looking at the list now, and um, it is on here. Because that 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 reminds me of the second episode of this trilogy of terror with the uh, the the uh, you know the, the split personality thing. Yeah, I do have it on the list, and it's got and, the great Uta Hagen in it. Yeah, and mm. speaking of the list, the next you know I know we don't always re- release these in order, but the next recording that we do will be Erica's pick. Oh, okay. So it will be phenomena. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I can't. I, I've never seen it. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> I'm excited. So we're going back to Argento. We've done a lot of Fulci, a lot of Argento lately, going back and forth. So what's the one after that one? That. We. Oh wait. One after it. Mm-hmm. Star Wars episode <laughs> one, two, and three. I have oh, a feeling yeah. that I, I have a feeling that our our, our uh, initial when we first saw these verses now when we watch them again is going to have a whole different thing because of I guess because of like the sequel trilogy now too. Yeah, mm. kind of coming into play. Let me for that. let me tell you my opinions have changed. Well, my my opinion on one of them has never changed, and it never will change. And then Sean, Sean's already smiling over there because he knows what I'm talking about. But you yeah. know, 
Well, one of mine, uh, certain, yeah, one uh, one of those, uh, my opinion will never change. But uh, mm-hmm. the other two, I I have perspective now. I've but seen the way one, one one of them. I, I still stand by my the first half of the movie blows, and then the second half is like fucking mm-hmm. badass. We'll, we'll we'll say that. Interested to find out which one that is. But... Oh, I, I I think I think it's pretty obvious which one that one is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious which one of my, 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 my favorite of the three of those is, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my favorite of the three is, is controversial, so. Yeah, I I think I know which one you're going to say, too. So, I, yeah, <laughs> we're going to definitely have a nice combo about it. that one. I, I, I mean, that. I mean, we, do and we I have a very good reason, and you'll find out what that is. Do we but, do we also bring up the uh, certain spinoffs that were Kind of attached well, to the yeah, timeline. I think we should shoehorn those into the because honestly, if that's the case, the the one in particular is going to be like the strongest one of the yeah. <laughs> the the one really is probably the the strongest of those <laughs> of those pre of the the prequel movies. If, oh, yeah. if we're being honest, so yeah. yeah. And then and then one of them actually ends up being worse than the the than the you know most controversial Star Wars movie in the prequel series, so. I'm just uh I'm gonna hold my tongue for yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So this is, this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be interesting. It'll get heated. But thank you guys so much for being here tonight. And uh this was a lot of fun. And thank you, Dave, for suggesting this movie. I'm glad that everybody has a lot more input this season. Um it, it's been kind of a roller coaster for me because I'm usually, you know, picking all these movies and it's so nice to have all this uh these other suggestions because it's stuff that I wouldn't have thought to do. And so it's made it um, really interesting for me. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't even know how I'm going to feel about this or that or whatever. So it's been, this was a good one to pick. Yeah. It was fun to talk about. Yeah. Thanks for doing it. I feel like my, my suggestion should always represent like the seventies. Cause that's when I was around and coming up. So, and there's some good shit back then, you know, it's not, not all of it's great. You there's know? a reason why I always <laughs> pick eighties movies. So. Yeah. Right. But the, the, <laughs> Thanks for well, doing it. Thank you guys so much. And um, we have next week off. So I will be doing this again in early April. Yeah, we're Let's going see. to see my sister next weekend. We're going to the Netherlands. Oh, oh nice. My nephew I'm so jealous. for the first time. We're going to eat some stinky fish. No, we're not. We're going to eat some french fries. Stinky fish. <laughs> fries. I actually might, might have to resurrect the uh, Wrestle Freaks after next weekend since it's a. Uh, Next weekend's WrestleMania too. WrestleMania, go for it. No, we're going. Uh, we want to go to Volendam, which uh, uh, Candy and Sean. That's where um, uh, Secret Agent Super Dragon was filmed. Oh <laughs> wow! Volendam, yeah. He it, is uh, not a fan of that episode. I, I've oh tried my, to sell him uh, time. It's about an hour north of where my sister. We're going to try to make it. Maybe next time. Mm, might not. That would be so cool. Oh, that's more pink than I would ever wear. I love that episode so much. It's <laughs> not one he gets into, but I'll have to try the hard sell again. Yeah. Did you um? Did you guys see that real quick? And this is really funny because it ties in with like kind of shitty movies. Did you see Tommy Wiseau has a horror movie coming out called Big Shark? Oh no! And and he's starring in it. No, yes. Oh, it's gonna be perfect. I'm convinced that Tommy Wiseau is just a giant robot being piloted by a tiny alien, like in Men in Black. I think that's Tommy Wiseau. I have an analogy that David's not gonna understand. Tommy Wiseau is the same as Bono in South Park. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? I, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> I did introduce Dave to Squidbillies, though. 
Squidbillies. Oh, no. I love Squidbillies. Oh, no. Very funny. It's my mom's side of the family. It, it is. I can almost picture like Pentacles the scene in the movie all. where like, you know, they're running down the street. It's in New Orleans because, you know, supposedly Tommy Wiseau is from New Orleans. His accent is, you know. Yeah, no one really a, a, knows. Is a, is, a, is a Creole accent, he says. Did you read The Disaster Artist? Not yet. Yes. I've seen the movie, though. Dude, the, the book. Movie. Read the book. The book is I great. Will. I will, but could you imagine when, when the big shark comes out of the water and he's going to look over and, you know, oh, oh hi, hi, shark. shark. <laughs> <laughs> You're tearing me apart, Jaws. I, could, I, could, I can't. I, could, I almost have to see this just to see, like, what a fucking train wreck it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me looking at the news? Not today. <laughs> David has a picture of this of a spoon in the kitchen. Yeah, I have a, of the spoon. The I, wonder if, spoon. I wonder if he's going to ask the uh, shark how his sex life is. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of a random ass conversation. So, how's your sex life? <laughs> what a what a crazy story. Well, I'm banging your wife or your girlfriend, so pretty great, I guess. <laughs> That's the correct answer. Anyway, I love you guys. Everybody have a great night and thank you for being here. Have a good one. Take care.